This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show, Tuesday, January 4th, 2021. And a very good morning to you. A um, lot to get to today, Jake. Got to talk about uh, the Blackberry being dead. What is wrong with you? Nothing, nothing. <clears throat> the vaunted pre-show meeting. Yeah, uh, which is going to happen here in about three minutes. Uh, we'll talk about um, your favorite tech devices. They shut down the Blackberry permanently yesterday. Yeah. It is officially dead. It's one of the best devices ever. I, I mean, agree. I mean, it has to go down as one of the best ever. I would absolutely agree. So we'll talk about your favorite tech. We got to talk about Ben Roethlisberger playing his final game in Heinz Field. But should Ben be getting a free pass on things like sexual assault? You know, nothing major, just sexual just assault. Just that little thing. Yeah. Um, he has a very dark past, and nobody seems to be talking about it. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you handle a good prairie dog? Uh, you're so upset. It's hysterical. Oh me. my God. Anyway, bro, I, I joke and I digress. Uh, let's get into the Utah jazz because they went to new Orleans last night, Jake, and comfortably beat the Pelicans one fifteen one Oh four. But it seems like there is momentum swelling around the NBA that the Jazz are just not a very good defensive team. Is that narrative correct? Yeah, I think that narrative is correct. I think that, that you know, I mean, it may be a little harsh to say they're a, a bad defensive team. They're not a bad defensive team, but by championship standards, they're not good enough. And I think that, you know, the signing of Rudy Gay, when that happened, everybody felt like he was going to be able to come in and really allow them to, you know, play small ball and give them, you know, flexibility with the lineup that they could roll out there. But I think defensively that hasn't really panned out. You know, against the Warriors, Andrew Wiggins had his way uh, in the pick-and-roll game uh, with Rudy Gay when he was out there against him. And and so I think you're totally right. It's getting around the league that the Jazz can be had um, in matchups and in different ways strategically within the game. And, and so now you're starting to see that we aren't the only ones saying that, hey, you know, they got to make a move. They got to do something to bolster their wing defense to help Rudy Gobert at the rim. And, and, and this is something that obviously, you know, we talk about it every single day, but it, it's, it, it is really where this team is at. You know, last night they're playing the Pelicans and, and they handled the Pelicans, you know, it wasn't really, you know, obviously it was kind of a tight game through, I think what the first, like, you know, two and a half, like maybe through the third quarter, but Donovan kind of turned it up at the end of the game and, and they took control. So it was a comfortable win, but but you just see what even teams like the Pelicans are doing in certain situations, certain sets to get their opportunities against the Jazz. And it's clear as day as to why the good teams are doing what they're doing and getting the, the high percentage looks that they're getting. So, you know, I just think with the Jazz right now, they are this team that that is like one, maybe two guys away from really being a true championship contender. Like when, when you really look at it, what do they need to really be amongst the best in the league? And that's that wing defender 
that can really help Rudy Gobert. So that's the, and it's getting around the league now, and and so that's really where the team is at. And I think that that if they if they can make a move, that's really going to help them. I'm curious where most people think the Jazz are defensively because yeah. I think there is a belief, um, especially in Jazz fandom, that this is an elite defensive team, and I'm telling you, it's not. Um, they are. It, it, I know statistically. Um, you know, people love to break down where the Jazz are and Rudy is the defensive player of the year. And I just go back to what happened the other night against Golden State. They ran high pick and roll. Rudy was pulled away from the basket. Rudy Gay, Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, Boyan Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal. None of them had an answer in the high pick and roll against Golden State defensively. And I just don't know that there's a way to fix this team. In fact, I'm pretty convinced there is no way to fix this team as it is currently constructed. So I guess this goes back to the conversation we've had many times on this show. Is Danny Ainge a guy you can count on to make a deal? Well, yeah, I think that's the light at the end of the tunnel if you're a Jazz fan. So Danny Ainge comes in as a guy who's got all this history with the Celtics, a guy who has a proven track record of making deals to – uh, improved teams, making deals that are actually logical, smart deals that, that can take you to where you want to go. And I think the problem, and not really the problem, but just the side effect of of that for this team is that you're going to see some names go that maybe you weren't expecting. And I don't know who that guy is. I mean, it, it could be literally anybody. It depends on the deal. But you're going to, like Danny Ainge is going to have to move a mainstay on this team to make this happen. And, and, you know, when you, when you think about names, like, you know, the, the names floating around the league for the jazz are Lou Dort from Oklahoma city or Jeremy Grant. You know, I've even heard of uh, Brunson from Dallas as a guy that maybe the jazz could swing somehow. Like, like there are, there are names floating around for the jazz that could potentially help them. But what you need to understand as a jazz fan is that they, they like, there will be a major name that pays the price for making this team better. And and I don't know if that's Jingles. I don't know if that's Bogey or, or who it might be, but you just have to understand that you they didn't bring Danny Ainge in for no reason. You didn't bring Danny Ainge in to just chill at the deadline and do nothing. So as a Jazz fan, I if I were you, I would be expecting some, some movement um, and a major name to go. Yeah, but I, I also think that when you look at the way this team is constructed, Don, you know, Donovan and Rudy – Gobert in the first year of their mega deals. If you're going to win a championship with those two players, I will maintain what I've said for a long time. Rudy Gobert can't be one of the focal points of this team if you're going to win a championship. And I think that means you have to bring other guys in who can support him. Now, Hassan Whiteside, yes, I think that's been a nice upgrade. I think you see it allows them to run. But one of the things that I wonder is, has Rudy Gay been what you hoped he would be? And I don't know the answer to that question yet. Mm -hmm. Because defensively, he is no better than, than, than the guys around him. And, you know, as pedestrian as, as this team is defensively on most nights, he does not help them become a better defensive team, Rudy Gay. Yeah, and, and it's – I'm not going to sit here and say it's not surprising, but, like, I, we, he when he got brought in, it's not like we expected him to have – you know, this amazing first step at, you know, at his age and like, you know, to be this awesome defender, but it would have been nice if, if he could have kept, you know, the, the, the casual three, four 
in front of him. I mean, that's kind yep. of what, what the conversation was. I mean, obviously, Rudy Gay can shoot the ball. Obviously, he's shown uh, a nice jump shot. But but defensively, again, uh, like, again, with the Warriors, you know, the Warriors intentionally switched Andrew Wiggins onto Rudy Gay to exploit that matchup. And, and so the best way to say it is Rudy Gay is not good enough defensively to run with the ones. He can run with your twos, the backup unit, but he cannot run with the ones consistently if you want to win a lot of games. And so needless to say, with the Rudy Gay situation, you know, it's much like these other guys that the Jazz have brought in, like the Eric Pascals, you know, the Hassan Whitesides. These guys are good enough to run with the twos, but they're not good enough to consistently run with the ones and have you winning ball games at the rate you want to. And that seems to be where this team is at. And, and it's really tough because you're, it's almost like the worst place to be you know, in, in sports, right? Like you're this really good team who dominates the regular season, but then when you play the best teams in the league and they know how to exploit your weaknesses, you have no answer for that and you end up losing the games that you want to win. So guys like Rudy Gay are great for the second unit, but when it comes down to it, when you're five minutes left in the fourth quarter and you need an answer, Rudy Gay is not the guy you're going to, you know? Like that's not, he's not going to be on the floor and that's the tough part about it. Yeah, and I, I think he's a good pickup. There's no doubt about that. I mean, what he brings to you in limited minutes, I think absolutely has value in small ball. I totally understand that. You know, obviously his ability to shoot the three is significant, but I think the thing that really stands out to me most is this team's issue is not offense, it's defense. And Rudy Gay does not help you defensively. And we can sit here and we can shine a turd, but this team needs significant roster change if they're going to win an NBA championship. And I, I don't know that Danny Ainge, whether he's a guy that you can count on to make trades, I think he certainly is. I don't know that just one trade deadline is going to allow you to overhaul and change and influx the talent that you need to consistently compete for a championship in this league in just one trade cycle. Uh -huh. So my feeling is Danny Ainge right now is not going to be able to make trades to change that. Does a Jeremy Grant help you? Probably not in the long term. If I'm the Utah Jazz, I'm not looking to go out and pick up a massive long-term contract right now. I'm more looking to change incrementally now and significantly over the summer. Mm -hmm. That's where my mind would be because I don't think you're a championship team if you go and get Jeremy Grant. I don't. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's hurt now. Um, you know, a lot of people, like you mentioned, have talked about Lou Dort. Yeah. Lou Dort's not a guy you can count on. This, what this Utah Jazz team needs is a true number two option for Donovan Mitchell. And they need that guy to be a two-way player. They need that guy to be, you know, the, the, somebody that can shut down a pick and roll. Somebody that understands defense and can switch off the pick and roll. Because at some point, you're going to have to address the elephant in the room is, which Rudy Gobert on his own is not good enough to protect the rim. Yeah, well, I don't think anybody in the NBA is good. Any big in the NBA on their own is is not good enough because of the level of talent in the NBA. So, you yeah. know, you, you, I mean, you can take any, any of the best, you know, elite bigs in, in, in the league and they're not going to be good enough to run uh, again against the Warriors to run all the way up to guard the pick and roll against Steph at the hash mark, you know, beyond the three point line and then get all the way back. I mean, that's just not, that's not humanly possible. And, and that's the thing. Like, like the the Jazz, because they have this weakness on the perimeter deep on the perimeter defensively, 
it just puts them in these precarious situations and it makes them easy. It, it makes it easy for teams to exploit them. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it as really much does. as as much as Lou Dort wouldn't be uh, like a, he's not that guy that you're, you know, describing that like almost basically like a, a guy that could be almost an all star every year level player is basically what we would love to see the Jazz get which is not going to happen at the trade deadline. It could happen over the summer. If it was going to happen, that's when it would happen. But I think what Lou Dort could bring is sort of that sort of that dog mentality to this team, like that that gritty guy who is a defensive-minded player who can really get after somebody on the other team, and he's a perimeter right. guy. He's right. not that interior player. So so that's why I think a lot of people look at Lou Dort as a, as a, as a potential like sort of band-aid option for the Jazz for this season right now. But but I agree with you. He's definitely not somebody who'd be like the long-term, hey, this fixed what you know this roster really needs. Yeah, and I, I, I just hope that the Jazz have a, a win in the long-term mentality. Mm -hmm. Win three in five years. That's what my view, if I'm the Jazz, would be. Because you have a generational superstar in Donovan Mitchell. Mm -hmm. You need to embrace that. And you need to do everything that you can do to facilitate Donovan Mitchell's growth and success, mm -hmm. yet support Rudy Gobert with players around him so that Rudy Gobert becomes a championship-caliber player. Because right now, Rudy Gobert is your best defensive player and your biggest problem. Because you rely way too much on Rudy Gobert. It's amazing through no to, fault of his own. Yeah, I mean, it, and and again, I I think we have a reputation on the show for you know ripping Rudy Gobert. That's certainly not what I mean to be doing. What I'm telling you is he's an elite defensive player on his own, but that's not good enough to win in the NBA mm -hmm. because teams are 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 too sophisticated offensively, and you have next level teams like the Golden State Warriors who simply the other night ran a, a, a excessively high pick and roll. They basically set the, the pick two feet out in front of the three-point line, and the Jazz never adjusted or had an answer to it. And by the way, I think the other thing that needs to be talked about and the question that has to start being asked is Quinn Snyder the guy to lead this team to a championship? And when you're playing eight, nine guys a night, the answer is no. Yeah. And Trent Forrest, I agree, did not play well last night. But I don't understand the unwillingness or the the inability to figure out how to get minutes out of your bench, guys. Yeah. Like, Eric Paschal's been an absolute zero for this team. Yeah. And I, I don't understand Yeah, that. And, I, and I think, you know, the this whole idea of, hey, like, this guy or that guy, you know, didn't play well on any given night, that's going to happen. I mean, you know, you see that in your starting lineup on a nightly basis. There's always a guy – who's going to have an off night. But but I think the thing is, like we always talk about with the bench, you know, you need your your Trent Forrest, your your Jared Butlers, you know, you need your Eric Pascals to 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 be as sharp as they can coming off the bench. I mean, you know, you're never a bench player is never going to be as sharp as a starter would be with how many minutes starters get. But you would you can't have them just sitting away, you know, getting rusted, basically. You know, you can't have them sitting away you know, on the bench, just not playing. And and that's that's the frustrating part. What was the point of this great draft pick in, in Jared Butler if he's not going to play and you're not going to develop him? I, I think we've seen in the league time and time again, that's why the good teams are really good because those young guys that they draft, you know, that they drafted like three years ago that you haven't heard much about, 
but who have been getting minutes come in when the mainstay gets hurt and ends up winning you the championship. You know, how many times have we seen an injury here or there in the NBA Finals in Game 6 and you needed that one contribution, that one play from that one bench guy? That's what these guys are for this team, and they're not being developed, and that's that's why that's frustrating. So is that a reason to say that Quinn shouldn't be the guy? Yeah, I think that's a conversation piece. The problem is is that Quinn Snyder's been the guy that's led this team to the playoffs on a consistent basis now. Well, <clears throat> but there's a big difference between getting to the playoffs and winning. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's any doubt that if if you look at the top teams in the NBA right now and <laughs> – whether that be the Bulls, the Nets, Suns, Warriors, as we've talked about, I can't see the the Utah Jazz winning more than one or two games in a series against those teams. Mm -hmm. I think it's very difficult when you're built the way the Jazz are built now. I think it's very difficult, A, to change that, and B, to compete athletically against those teams because they're just so wing dominant. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're looking at the Chicago Bulls right now playing without a center. Um, you essentially look at the Golden State Warriors. They're getting Clay Thompson back on Sunday, I guess it is. And they they basically rotate bigs, and Draymond Green plays the 3-4-5 for them. I mean, I don't know how you answer that. And if you look at the Suns, who I think are the closest team to the Jazz or who the Jazz can most compete with, I don't know how you defend the Suns because – the Jazz have really struggled to defend the mid-range as well off a of pick and roll. So what do the Suns do? They play mid-range off a of pick and roll. Yeah. And and I I don't know. So I don't know how you stop that. I and I don't think Jeremy Grant fixes that problem. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be very interesting to see what Danny Ainge does. In a nutshell, mm -hmm. I I think it's great watching this team. They're a good, not a great team. The Jazz. Um, they're going to go and beat teams like New Orleans. But their schedule has really afforded them a very strong start to the season. Mm -hmm. And it'll be interesting to see what they do on this upcoming road trip because the schedule gets much more difficult. Yeah, and, they, and I think the last thing I would say in this is the moves that they make at the deadline. Um, as a Jazz fan, what you should take away from that is their philosophy on how they, they're going to go about building this into a championship team. Because, again, Correct. I want to emphasize you don't bring Danny Ainge in just as a, you know, just another hire, or just like, just, you know, hey, we just wanted this guy on our staff. Danny Ainge is a guy you bring in to build a championship caliber roster and and do what you were talking about when, you know, like three and five years and, and have that kind of run. So I'm, so that's, if you're a Jazz fan, this, this trade deadline is definitely one of the most meaningful, not just for this season, though, like for what the long-term picture is going to be. <sighs> Yeah, we got out of our system. All you right. feel better now? I mean, yeah, I feel I feel better now. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's see what uh, the commenters have to say. Uh, Justin Salas, good morning to you. First one in. Justin says, good morning, fellas. Jazz are for sure not a great defensive team. You take Rudy out in the paint, uh, out of the paint, and we're probably bottom of the league defensively. Well, I think you saw that last night. Well, and that's the other problem, too. I think that's a great point. So that's that's the other thing that's happening. As soon as Gobert comes out of the game, then the whole the the other team shifts the way they're playing. So even when you bring Hassan in, the other team, whoever they're playing, is going to change the way they're playing the game. And again, that's that is the the problem. So even when Gobert is off the floor, you still have the same issue. Your perimeter defense is is just a sieve. They're they're yeah. just able to get to the bucket. 
Greg Hawkins says, sup, fellas. What's up, Greg? Uh, good to see you again. Good to see you too, Greg. Uh, Mitchell Harding says, hey, fellas. Hope you're doing well. Good to see you, Mitchell. Taylor Hopkins, or Tyler Hopkins, excuse me. I would love to have Jeremy Grant on the Jazz. I've heard he's a great shooter. He is. Yeah, he's a really athletic guy for his size. I mean, he. I mean, you, when you talk about athleticism, Jeremy Grant really embodies that. But the problem is, like you were saying, he, he suffers injuries a lot. And, and, and I think that the injury bug on this team, thankfully, stayed away this season. But but you know you don't want to sign you know you don't want to sign a guy for that much money and not have him play. That's the trouble. So and I don't want to speak out of turn. I'm looking up his uh, stats as we speak. Yeah, I mean when he's on the um, floor, he's, he's a great three player. point yeah. shooter. Mm -hmm. I mean I I want to say that he is a like in his career. Oh no, I lied. In his career, Jeremy Grant is a 34 percent three point shooter. But at that position, that's pretty good. I mean, he's, you know. I would agree with that. I mean, he is, you know, I mean, when you're 6'8", 200 pounds, I mean, yeah. if you can shoot a three, that's pretty good. Um, but, I mean, he is a guy who's shown that he's capable of putting up 20 points a game. The problem is he does that in 50 games a, a season. Mm -hmm. So you can't really count on him, especially the last three years. Yeah. You can't count on him to play um, a lot of games. So that's the one thing that, that worries me about him. <coughs> Excuse me. And by the way, I think the other thing that you have to keep in mind is he's been a, a an Eastern Conference player mm -hmm. uh, for pretty much all of his career, except that stretch in Denver. Yeah. So that's just kind of something to keep in the back of your mind stylistically. How does that play? Um, let's see. Uh, Eric Devera. Good morning. He says Gobert is great defensively, but he can't do it alone. Whiteside's an upgrade from Favors. Gay is an upgrade from Niang. Is is Rudy Gay? Is Rudy Gay what you thought he would be? And I know I keep asking that question. I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't expect Rudy Gay to be like twenty to twenty-five a night or anything. I mean, I expected Rudy Gay to be like ten to fifteen a night off the bench, and hopefully, those are those are three-point shots that he's knocking down that help you build momentum from the bench. I mean, that's really what I was hoping for. I I, I thought he'd be better defensively. Yeah, and I don't know if it's systematic. I just thought he'd be better defensively. I, get I, that. I think what I it mean, is is the league, dude. The the teams that the teams that the Jazz are playing, even the worst teams in the NBA, know how to get the matchups they at least want. Like the difference between sure. really good teams and really bad teams is the good teams make their shots. Like I know that sounds super simplistic and like very basic, but that's literally the difference. I mean, if you watch these games consistently, you will see the bad teams and the good teams are basically running the same sets. They're running pick and roll. They're running the same style of play. The difference is, is the quality of look they're getting. So again, for, for, for Rudy Gay, like I feel like these teams understand that he's a little bit older. They understand that he doesn't have a quick first step. So they understand, like, they're going to put Andrew Wiggins on him, and Andrew Wiggins is going to get to the bucket. Like, and that's the thing. I think the best teams in the NBA yeah. know how to manipulate defenses. Yeah. And I think when I look at Golden State, when I look at, you know, Denver does it pretty consistently when they're healthy, um, even though they have just been a suck pot lately. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's, it's really how guys like Luka Doncic make their living. Yeah. They know how to manipulate the defense into the matchup that helps them the most. Exactly. The Jazz don't have an answer for those switches. Yeah. So until they do, you know. But I, I think now is the time where you have to start wondering, 
Is Quinn Snyder the head coach of this team when they finally do win a championship? Uh, it's a great question. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. And, you know, and again, I don't know either. I think that that bringing in again, the Danny Ainge hiring to me, that was just a signal of, hey, nothing is beyond Danny Ainge. So, like, he'll do whatever it takes to to win. And, and that includes but his reputation is huge trades yeah. with big names. Yeah. Huge trades, big names, rocking the boat type trades. And, and, and I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I think that, that, you know, if, if you said to me, Hey, we're going to have to move, you know, we're going to have to move bogey and we're like, we're going to move bogey Royce and Jordan Clarkson for this, you know, for Paul George or some insane deal. Let's say I wouldn't have an issue with that. You know, that, that to me helps the team and that mentality um, I think was missing from this organization before Ainge got here, and and I think it will help them a lot. But but I do think that that the that Quinn is definitely in the conversation as something that could be changed, no doubt. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, and I, it'll be interesting to see because Jazz fans typically don't call for a guy to be fired. Right. Um. You know, I mean, we were we got crushed on the Dennis Lindsay stuff for saying he should be fired. He's the, he's the biggest problem. Roster construction's the problem. And then when he gets fired, Jazz fans rejoice. Right. Well, and I do think that Quinn Quinn did take some heat after that Clippers the Clippers series loss. There were a lot of people who were like, hey, why didn't he make adjustments? But as dumb as that was. You can write that off, though, you because can. of the roster construction. You can, yes. Now, I think they've made small changes. You spent luxury tax money, and you are not better. In fact, you are, I think... I think last year's Jazz team was far superior to this year's Jazz team. You are, I mean, you're not getting 20 point a night, Boyan Bogdanovich right now. You're getting 16, 18 a point mm. a night, Boyan Bogdanovich. And I think I'm probably the only one who cares, but I think Boyan Bogdanovich has to give you 20 points a night. Mm -hmm. He has to. Yeah. It's vital. It's really important. Because what you're seeing is, it's great that Donovan Mitchell is breaking guys off against New Orleans, mm -hmm. but when the Jazz play great teams, Donovan has to be elite. That's that's a given. If they're going to beat teams like Golden State, Donovan Mitchell has to play at the top of his game. Mm -hmm. But he also needs Boyan Bogdanovich because Boyan is the second best scorer on this team, right? And you can get away with beating New Orleans when Rudy Gobert gives you what he give you last night, ten and seventeen or something. Yeah, that's gonna work against New Orleans, right? Because Fat Ass still has a broken foot; he's not even <laughs> playing for them. Excuse me, I mean Zion Williamson. Right. Yeah. It's just the way it pronou you pronounce it. That's you know Fat Ass is Latin for Zion Williamson. Right. Anyway, here right. or there, the yeah. point is, fat. Uh -huh. It's yeah. fine to play that way against New Orleans, but it's not fine. You know, like I, I'm, I, I'm curious to see how do the Jazz handle this upcoming road trip. At Denver, at Toronto, at Indiana, at Detroit. You come home for Cleveland, at Denver, at the Lakers. Home for Houston. Like those Houston games. I don't know how many people have noticed Houston's starting to figure it out. And Jalen Green's healthy now. Right? So, there's not an easy night in the, in the NBA. Yeah. But if you're an elite team, those are all games you should win. Those are all games you should win. If you're one of the top teams in the NBA, you should win those games. Yeah. And the Jazz have had a very favorable schedule. And then they occasionally run into the Golden State Warriors buzzsaw mm -hmm. and they wind up losing. But the thing that's very telling um, about that Golden State Warriors game is they had three guys in 20, oh, 20 point or more. Well, right? that's really the benchmark. That's what it takes to really to separate yourself is yeah. that the that three 20 point contribution. Well, and they played 10 guys off the bench. So you're playing 10 guys 
The Jazz are playing seven or eight. What are some of those names? Just the random, like, some of those low-end guys. Uh, Kaminga, Iguodala, Toscano Anderson, Poole. You notice how those names you guys probably recognize. They're they're fringe guys. For your average NBA fan, you know, yep. Toscano is a fringe guy. Jordan Poole has made a little bit of a name for himself. But if you're a casual observer, you may or may not know Jordan Poole. But the point is, is like how many minutes did Steph have in that game? Did he even have 30 minutes in that game? 36 minutes. Okay, so he played, they played him Wiggins, a lot. 30, you know, like, yeah. I mean, but if you look at the Jazz bench in that game, yeah, it's Joe Ingles, 26 minutes, 1 of 7 from the floor, 0 of 6 from 3, 2 points. Oh, 0 of 6 from 3. Rudy Gay, 20 minutes, 0 of 2 from 3, 7 points. Jordan Clarkson, 24 minutes, 20 points. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Those are the only guys that came off the bench. All of them played 20 minutes. So I brought this up to say, okay, here's the best team in the NBA right now, the Golden State Warriors. Mm. Your answer to that is to play an eight-man rotation and every single player who played against the Warriors played 20-plus minutes. Yeah, That's not a formula to win. I mean, that to me, when you shoot – first of all, when this team shoots 31% from three, they're going to lose. Yeah, But why did they shoot 31% from three? Because the Warriors are – arguably one of the most difficult teams to play against because their defense is very young and active. Yeah. So it's difficult to shoot, get quality looks against them. Yeah. But I also look at, I also look at it at a guy like Rudy Gobert, 20 and 19 against golden state and you lost. Right. So what do we always say? The jazz shoot poorly. Rudy Gobert has a huge game and you lose because the only way that Rudy puts up huge numbers, it's usually a bad shooting night for the Jazz. Yeah. So that's why I say, like, you just have to – you just got to start building now. Yeah. Because I, I I almost feel like this is a season where you should expect the Jazz not to win. And then next year and the year after that and the year after that, I would certainly think in 2023 this should be an ch NBA championship team. By 2025, this team should have won a championship. That's what I would say, or oh, at least, certainly. or at least, been to the certainly. NBA final. Maybe they lose in the finals or whatever, but certainly. but they should have been to the NBA finals. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, I, I, yeah. Anyway, uh, James Knight, good morning to you. He says, I believe the overall depth of your roster could be critical if COVID or health, <coughs> health protocols, excuse me, plays a part in the playoffs. Um, and there's every chance it will. Yeah, I yeah, agree. and that's a great point. And by the way, yeah, the Jazz have avoided the COVID bug. The COVID bug, the injury bug. They, I mean, they've done a great job. All credit to them. And know? I, th it's been critical. But, James, I think you also have to see that Joe Ingles has to give more. Yeah. Well, he's just got to make a shot. I mean, you can't be 0 of 6 and expect the team to win. I agree with that. I mean, that's just what it is. Eric DeVere says, many NBA 2K simulation YouTubers tried the unrealistic trade overhauls needed two years before the Jazz win a championship with Don and Gobert. Now, in reality, we – would be even harder. I think this roster needs a significant overhaul. And I think, you know, right now, Rudy Gobert, and I will just say the same thing I always say. Rudy Gobert is not a championship caliber player. He's just not. And when I look at this roster, Donovan Mitchell's the generational talent. And if you are going to win a championship, my firm belief is Rudy Gobert will not be part of that roster when you win a championship. Now, he can be, but you're going to have to significantly alter 
10 guys on this roster to make that possible. Uh-huh. Because if Rudy Gobert is one of your foundational pieces on the cap and on the floor, you better have six other guys who play heavy minutes and are good defensively. Because as long as you have Rudy Gay, and I I hesitate to say it because everybody says, oh, Royce O'Neal, oh, buckets. As long as Royce O'Neal is, is your best defensive player outside of Rudy Gobert, you're fucked. Like, you're not going to win anything. Excuse my French. <laughs> like, you're not going to win anything. Yeah. You've got to change a significant part of this roster yeah. to win a championship. Here nor there. Uh, Ramiro says, morning, guys. Missed you. Good to see you guys back. Appreciate you being here, Ramiro. Yeah. Justin Salas says, I've been down in uh, down on Quinn for a couple of years. Honestly, against Golden State was the first time I've seen him adjust rotations. On a side note, I definitely called Zion being a bust. Yeah. He is too big for the way he plays. He will keep getting hurt or he has to lose weight, which takes away his advantage. Fat. And he's not been able to lose weight. In nope. fact, he has gained weight. Yeah. Uh, Jack T says, okay, name a team that had six foot six one backcourt and reached the finals in the 21st century. Donovan has to be a point guard to contend. Well, and this is a pretty significant conversation that's going on around Donovan Mitchell right now. Is he a guy? Is Donovan Mitchell? And we're 34 minutes in on the jazz on this, but is what it is. Is Donovan Mitchell a guy that you can say, here's the ball, go win me a championship? Mm. Mm -mm -mm. I don't know. Now, if you say to him, I need one bucket, sure, he can get you a bucket. Yeah, but I don't in, think I don't think he can do what the LeBron and KDs and Stephs do. I don't think he can carry your team in that way. I is think, he? But he, and here's my question, yeah. and this is why the mid range is such a big yeah. question with Don. Yeah, because I don't need LeBron. Yeah, I don't need KD, Steph. I need Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Let's say. Yeah. How did they get to the NBA Finals last year? They were just automatic from mid range. Mm-hmm. Like, where is Donovan Mitchell automatic? He's automatic going to the paint, but I think we know the wear and tear that takes. His three-point shot has gotten significantly better. Yeah. But I don't know that he has a go-to jumper against elite teams. It Again, it's great he's breaking guys off in New Orleans last night. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's awesome. I love seeing it in January. That's great. Yeah. What is Donovan Mitchell in May and June? And I don't know the answer to that question right now. Yeah, well, and I, and I think, you know, the the term that you've rolled out for the longest time since we've been talking jazz on this show is like it turns into Donovan and everybody else. And I think that's kind of the other reason the jazz need to bring somebody else in who's a threat. Yeah. Because I think in the postseason, you know, teams just key on Donovan and, and take him away. And, and I don't know. I'm not prepared to penalize him for that. I think that that's not his fault that – that teams are like, well, if we take Donovan away, we really don't have to worry about but, any of these other guys. But this is what I always say about Devin Booker, yeah. right? That Devin Booker can get his shot anywhere he wants it. Mm-hmm. And I don't I think there are very when when you compare Donovan Mitchell to Devin Booker, there are very few things that separate them. Yes. Size is certainly one. What is what is Don? Six one? I think he's six one, yeah. Devin Booker six five. Yeah. When you look at their games. Book this year is shooting at an elite level three-point-wise. 
I mean, he is finally a 40% three-point shooter. Yeah. But his mid-range game is can't miss. Like, if he gets inside the arc at the top, it's over. Yeah. It's over. And I think that's the one thing. I don't necessarily know that size is a problem for Donovan Mitchell. Well, he I plays think much larger than six. Is different than you know Don's ability to get those same shots in the mid range because of the size discrepancy. And I also think that that you know Donovan, as he ages through his career, that explosive stuff going to the rim is going to leave him. And when you're when that leaves you, at some point in in his career, it will leave him. He's going to have to become a more dynamic mid range player. He's he has not yet. Like to me, he he hasn't figured out yet how to dominate a game through the mid range, how to control the pace of the game, how to really dictate the the to the other when team. When the other team is on a run, and you're Chris Paul, or you're Devin Booker, or you are Steph Curry, you can just get your shot anywhere you want it. Yeah. I, I and I think that's something that Donovan Mitchell doesn't have right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at, again, I'll just go to book one because he's one of my favorite players and I watch a ton of sons. I look at Devin Booker and he is sh- he's shooting 40, almost 2% this year. And he is scoring one point less because his surrounding cast is far superior yeah. to what it's ever been. Yeah, And it's far superior to what the Jazz have. And this, again, you know, it it, it is... I don't know if I'd rather have DeAndre Ayton over Rudy Gobert. I would probably not. But when you have a big that can score with the range and depth that a guy like DeAndre Ayton can, it just gives you so many more options. Yeah. When you have a point guard in Chris Paul who can dish or shoot, it gives you so many more options. When you have guys like Mikael Bridges that can just stand in the corner or can come in and dunk on you, even though he got blocked the other night. Yeah. Um, it gives you so many more options. Jay Crowder... I mean, we could go on and on about why the Suns are a tough team to deal with. That's what the Jazz are not. They're not a tough team to deal with. The Jazz beat you when they shoot threes. At it, when they shoot 40% or more, it's over. It's over. Give me 53-point attempts, make 40% of them, and it's over. Yeah. That's who they are. Yeah. So all of that to say the Jazz are just not ready to win a championship right now. Not yet. Soon. That, that to me is that is what it is. Um, Connor says he's shooting 42% because he doesn't shoot many three. Okay. Now, Connor, I'm just going to guess you don't watch a whole lot of Suns games. So, Devin Booker's three point numbers. He is shooting six and a half threes a game, a career, almost a career high. You have to go back to 2018 where he shot seven threes a game. And in 2017, he shot 38%. He's shooting six and a half threes a game, and he's making 42% of them. Okay, so to say he's not his percentage is higher because he's shooting fewer threes is completely wrong. That's just not the case. Um, and by the way, he is he is he is in my opinion just a more well-rounded player, which you would think he would be, because he works all summer long. Mm-hmm. All the guy does is play basketball. And I'm not saying Donovan doesn't because Donovan does the same thing. Um, but Connor's other point, and now his comment got filtered. I don't know why it got filtered because uh, we don't do that. YouTube does. But your other point was that 
that Donovan is just a more well-rounded physical player. Sure, does Devin Booker miss games? Yes, he does. But he hasn't in the last two years. This year he had that hamstring. I think he missed six or seven games. But Devin Booker has turned into one of the best offensive players of his generation. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is he is one of the top guys outside of, you know, whatever it is LeBron's drinking for breakfast. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. But if you look at the best offensive players, the, you know, the Trey Youngs, the Steph Currys, the Kevin Durants, Devin Booker's a cup below those guys. I mean, he's right there. Yeah. So I, I if, if you're trying to find a way to knock Devin Booker, I think you're going to have a very long day. Yeah. Because the, his in his defense, by the way, which was always the big mark against Devin, I think Devin Booker's defense has improved markedly. Yeah. So he, he's a he's a very good player, in my opinion. Um Eric Devera says Royce is streaky on defense as JC is on offense. He has to go and bench needs to play more minutes for at least this year since they're not winning this year. It could be. I think they can win this year. If you go get but it's going to take a Bradley Beal, not a Jeremy Grant. Yeah. It's going to take You have to be prepared to make a to to make a substantial move. You do. You do. And the problem is I don't know that you have the pieces to make that move. So, and you need Joe's going to have to be one of the guys in that deal cuz he's got an expiring contract. Yep. I mean, you would you know, I, I I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where you have to go if you want to do something you've never done, you got to do things you've never done before, mm-hmm. which is go make a significant earth-shattering trade to this roster. Mm-hmm. That's how you'll win. All right, can we talk about the NFL and Ben Roethlisberger real quick? Mm-hmm. After you follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show, and Jake is SLC Supercars. Let's talk about Ben Roethlisberger. He played his last game for the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field last night. And everybody was like, oh, Big Ben. Oh. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. What a leader. Mm-hmm. What a warrior. What a rapist. Makes me want to puke. Nobody's talking about the fact that Ben Roethlisberger has sexual assault and rape allegations in his past. And I'm just perplexed as to why. In a, in a generation that is known as, you know, the Me Too movement with Harvey Weinstein. And are we really just looking past what Ben Roethlisberger did? Are we really just looking past Ben Roethlisberger being the guy that went to a college town and, and was accused of sexual assault in a bathroom of a bar? Are we really looking past... You know, an out-of-court settlement in Lake Tahoe with a woman that came to Ben Roethlisberger's room to allegedly fix his TV, and she says he assaulted her? Mm-hmm. We're just going to forget about that. Yeah, next question. I, it's amazing to me that we're watching Ben Roethlisberger last night be a hero and be a, oh, man, he's a building block, and everybody, oh, Big Ben, and Hall of Fame, like, if I hear one more person say, well, next stop, Canton, Ohio. <laughs> He's a Hall of Famer. And so we're just looking past what he did. And that is remarkable to me. Yeah. That nobody remembers what a dirtbag this guy is. I, I can't, I, I just, I don't even know how you get around that. Yeah. You know, like I, the thing that's amazing to me is I look at 
You know, when Kobe Bryant died in the helicopter crash, mm-hmm. everybody immediately went to Eagle, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger hasn't been a productive quarterback in three years, and nobody's talking about what he what he is alleged to have done. And I don't understand it. No, we're instead we're seeing his tackle his tackles in big games and all his career highlights and and it's just like this 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 positive parade on his career and i just think that it's you know i don't know it's such a tough thing because i feel like like on some level there has to be like as a society on some level there has to be this process where we you know let things go but this is a little different like i don't feel like we should be letting go you know sexual assault allegations you know this is like with tiger as an example nobody lets go of all of tiger woods's you know, you know, sex doing, yeah, like whatever you want to call it, right? The he, fact that he, Tiger Woods found out about his father dying in bed with a hooker. Yeah, you know, like nobody lets that go. But then with Ben, we we just want to throw him right into Canton and everything's cool. How does that work? I mean, the 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 frustrating thing for me is is that nobody cares. It, I I truly believe nobody cares that Ben Roethlisberger you know, in 2008 was accused of rape. Where are we at in society today? Nobody cares that the woman he accused, that accused him of rape, uh, wound up in a mental institution. How many people even know that? I don't think many people know that. Um, And it's incredibly disappointing to me. And yet this guy's gone on to make tens of millions of dollars and, you know, goes to college towns and, um, has a 20-year-old woman claim that Roethlisberger assaulted her in a bathroom. Um, you know, and there was no evidence or a lack of evidence. And all of a sudden, yeah, that case goes away. Funny uh, how that works. You know, I just, I don't know, man. Like, if this had happened five years ago instead of 12 years ago, or th- whatever that would be, 15 years ago now, is this a different conversation? Probably. Probably. I mean, if this had happened know. more recently, it's probably a different conversation. But I mean, what are we? I, I think the question is what. So, what is the threshold for letting things go? Like, what? What as fans are we supposed to, you know, let go of versus what we're supposed to hold on to forever? Like a good example of this, just for conversation's sake, would be steroids in baseball, like with Barry Bonds or Mark McGuire or any any of those classic names. None of those guys are getting into the Hall of Fame because of that. Some people say that we should let that go. I don't know. My point is, what what is sports fans and, and observers, should we let go and shouldn't we let go? I don't think we should let it go ever. I, my, I, I don't know. It's like because steroids is just cheating, right? You're cheating the game. But a lot of people say, well, that was the culture at that time. That's what everybody was doing. Okay, well, let's put that. Let's take that conversation and put that to the, to the side right now and just leave that there. This is sexual assault we're talking about. This is criminal activity we're talking about. That, to me, doesn't feel like something we should let go. I can kind of get down with the steroid thing. Hey, everybody was doing it. It was the times. It was the cultures. Okay, I guess we can. Okay, cool. I don't know what the threshold is. You know what I mean? Like, that's a really difficult question to answer. Yeah, are you like... Like Pete Rose. Like, I'll never be down with, with letting Pete Rose into the Hall of Fame. I'll never be down with that. He broke the one rule you can't break. Right? So that's something I will never let go of. Tiger Woods, 
for better or for worse, Tiger Woods is always going to be regarded as like the best golfer of all but time. But see, I just don't care that Tiger Woods pounded box all over the country with all kinds of people. But that to I me, don't but care. see, here's the funny thing about that. I don't think people look at Tiger Woods and what he did as that. I think they think Tiger Woods was like this horrible human being who like who sexually assaulted people. But or he, like, but, and, you know and what I, mean? I think that's the problem. Like yeah. Tiger Woods has never been accused of committing a crime. There was no crime involved. Now, as far as sex goes. Now, yeah. DUIs and... Rolling his Lexus 50 hey, times. That's a, you know, yeah. I don't want to drive with that guy. Yeah. But whatever he did in his marriage and outside of his marriage, to me, that's his private life, and I'm not judging him for that. Like, Kobe's a great example. Kobe Bryant, to me, is beloved. Kobe Bryant is somebody that is mm -hmm. missed. Like, mm -hmm. he, had a, a, he had that that sexual assault trial in Eagle, Colorado. And he fought tooth and nail. And having been there, I covered the Lakers while all that was going on. Having been there, I, I it's amazing to me that he was able to walk away from that. Yeah. It's amazing to me. And I look at Ben Roethlisberger, and I, I don't compare Ben and Kobe at all. Like, I look at what Ben Roethlisberger did, and Ben Roethlisberger was accused multiple times yeah. of sex crimes against women, sex crimes against women, and settled out of court. And like it to me, I just think he's getting a free pass. Yes. Ben Roethlisberger's getting a free pass. Mm -hmm. And if it's DUIs, if it is, I don't even know what. Um, I, I will never be okay with DUIs. Like this idiot Raider that got a... a that was asleep at the wheel of his car drunk. Should never play in the NFL again. Yeah. Um, you know, beating your wife. I don't think you should ever play professional sports again. Mm -hmm. I there There is a very clear line. You know, like... It's like the Greg Hardys of the world who continue to get chance after chance. Should never play in the NFL the again. The difference is, though, that Greg Hardy never did anything on the level that, that, that the Kobe's or, like, the Ben Roethlisberger's or any of these, you know, staples did. You know, and that, and so that to me, that's why it's difficult because I just feel like when it comes to criminal activity, we shouldn't let that go for athletes. You know, Ben Roethlisberger is somebody who is probably a hero to thousands of people. He's probably a hero and a legend, and and you know, the, it, not probably he is. Like it goes without saying, he's one of the best Steelers of all time, just straight up like on the field, like no doubt. How much of being a Steeler do you think has to do with the free pass? Because I think when you are Man, when you're a Pittsburgh Steeler, I mean, you, you, the world is in the palm of your yeah. Hand. I mean, it's a I mean, legendary, you know, franchise. There's no doubt. It's not you're not you're not a Jaguar. You're a Steeler, dude. Like you're like that's one of the best franchises. In the I NFL. don't know what Tom Brady would have to do, but yeah, I, I mean, know. there are some guys that I think are beyond reproach, and Ben may be one of those guys. Um, I I don't know. I I I I have I really struggle listening to the game last night, and everybody just knob hobbing with Ben yeah. Roethlisberger yeah dude and him crying on the field and like yeah it just really bothered me yeah it, it just really bothered me um I Stephen Jay says I believe Kobe settled out of court that's exactly what I said um Kobe was not exonerated he said you make it sound like he was completely exonerated he was not exonerated Kobe Bryant got to a pain threshold in that trial and he settled out of court um and you know, I, I'm not going to go back and rehash that whole thing, but it just, I guess, depends on who you believe in that situation. Um, 
but they, if it's one time in a he said, she said, okay, I'm more it's willing different. to look past that. When it's multiple times and it's the essentially the same story multiple times, Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. I'm not willing to look past that. I'm really not. It's the Trevor Bauer thing. Mm-hmm. Like, what happens to Trevor Bauer? He'll be back this season. He'll be back. And he's forever ruined. And it does not appear that there's ever he committed a crime. Mm-hmm. It does not appear that he committed a crime. And he'll be forever ruined. And it just, to me, look, Trevor Bauer's a lot of things, including stupid. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know, man. I, I just think Ben Roethlisberger's getting a free pass. Yeah. That's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Agreed. I agree. So, completely. Real quick, is Baker Mayfield done in Cleveland? Mm, I don't know, man. I think done. I, I don't know. I think that's a bit harsh to say. Like, I think a lot of people want to just throw the whole pile on Baker Mayfield. He was awful this year. He was awful. And last night. But there was a lot of injuries, a lot of stuff that was out of his control. I mean, it's not like they're a poor, perfect organization. But, but yeah, I mean, maybe he's done. Dude. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. He was terrible. I If I'm the Browns, I'm going in a different direction. Should the Minnesota Vikings stick with Kirk Cousins? No. No. Really? Like, that's a different situation to me. So, like, Kirk Kirk just is not getting the job done. I mean, you're, 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 you paid him with the expectation that he would take you places, and it just hasn't happened at all. Russell Wilson in Seattle. Well, so that that to me is a situation where Russ would just leave because he wants to chase Super Bowls. So I could see him leaving. Yeah, I could. Yeah, you could see him leaving. Yeah, I could see him leaving. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I could see him leaving. Only he doesn't have the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they trade him. Yeah, but he's I one really of those do. guys that could force his way out. Bigger problem: Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because I because I think that that the player is always the bigger issue. I mean, the coach can be handled behind the scenes. Tua Tagovailoa or the Miami Dolphins? Do they need a new quarterback? Yeah, they do. Tua is never going to take you to where you want to go. It okay. just is. That's just he's left-handed. He's hurt consistently. I mean, you you yourself have been saying since the draft he's not it, and he's not. Carson Wentz. That I think has a chance to be a redemption story. I think Carson Wentz could take the Colts to you know. Definitely to the playoffs. I think the Colts could be a nice story this year. Derek Carr. Mm. A lot of people think he could be in Minnesota or Chicago next year. Yeah, I'd love to see him as a Bear for sure. I, I, he's he's that guy who's good enough see? to to get to another team, but I don't know. I'm not confident enough to say that he's good enough to carry you to a Super Bowl. I, I'm all in on Justin Fields. Well, design an offense around Justin Fields, and then let's say he's not good enough. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, you got to give him a fair shot. Because I look at Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, and now that they, you know, once they put their guard down and just handed him the job, he's blossomed. Mm-hmm. And I think that Justin Fields needs that freedom. Yeah, I think he. Well, needs and I that. think that the way the Trubisky thing went down with Nagy um, oh, really Jesus. has, really has. Why would you bring that up? Well, because I think that what what you're seeing <laughs> is that you know Trubisky ha- has had you know, some small, you know, opportunities here and there. And he's never had another starting job, but small opportunities here and there. And he's played really well. And I think that kind of rubbed, you know, the Bears fan base the wrong way. They, they, I think, sent a clear message, hey, this wasn't on Trubisky. This was on the play calling. And it continues, to your point, to be the play calling. That's the issue. 
Daniel Jones, New York Giants. Um, what are you going to do with him? You're going to cut him? I think he can like, play. I, I think I, they I, – I don't know what the Giants do. He's not the problem. No. I, I honestly – he's not the problem. I really don't. And, and I don't know – I don't know what you do with that. New yeah. Orleans Saints. Yeah, I mean, they just need to find a quarterback. I think, I think you know, Jameis Winston is is not going to be he's, – he's average. That's what he is. He's got a big arm, but he makes yeah. bad decisions. Even under Sean Payton, he makes bad decisions. So, you can't fix stupid, right? It, well, the, guy, the guy is just – that's how he is. Well, and you, I mean, I respect Taysom Hill, but he's not an every-down quarterback. No. He's not. No. Um, and I think the last one that's really difficult is the San Francisco 49ers. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Cause I don't know what you do with Trey Lance. I think you just hand him the keys to the car and let him drive. I mean, I, I think he is, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, everybody knows he's not that dude. Yeah. I think you just got to hand him the keys to the car and let him let Trey Lance play the position. Agreed. You know, like I, I think, I think when I look at you, when you look at a quarterback in the NFL, mm -hmm. And Taysom Hill's a good example of this. Mm -hmm. Taysom Hill just misses too many throws, right? They don't they don't lose because of Taysom Hill, but you're not going to win a, a Super Bowl with Taysom as your quarterback. Right. You look at Jimmy Garoppolo, and you know you're not going to win a Super Bowl with him as your quarterback. Right. So you go with your second option there. Who And Trey Lance really isn't a second option. I tell you, he's probably your one. I, that's what I would do. Yeah. That's exactly what I would do. So yep. it'll be interesting. Do the Giants make a move for a vet? I, Eric C says, I think, I think you have to, um, because Saquon Barkley's not that dude either now, you know, like, I mean, the knee injury, I don't know if he ever comes back from that fully. Uh, Giggity says, who do you guys like for MVP? Aaron Rodgers getting a lot of love. He always gets <laughs> a lot of love this time of year. I mean, don't be an asshole. Um, <clears throat> Frankly, it's probably Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I've been immunized. But thank you. <laughs> but how is <clears throat> Hey, another Excuse another me. example of a sports of a sports guy getting a free pass. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I've been immunized. Good job, bud. How how does Tom Brady not get Don't how know. does I mean we can go around the league a lot. Uh, Joe Burrow how is Joe Burrow not in this conversation? Yeah. You know carrying like, the Bengals, dude. I, I look at I look at Joe Burrow smoking that cigar the other day in the locker room. It's clutch. I want to be Joe Burrow. Yeah, dude. We all do. You Joe know, Burrow like, is a stud. And I think the story of him having that injury and then, you know, coming back and then now being the playoffs, like it's crazy. I think Joe Burrow's got to be there. I mean, Kyler it's Murray. probably Jonathan Taylor and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, what Jonathan Taylor's done for the Colts. Um, sensational. Uh, absolutely sensational. So though it's probably Aaron Rodgers and Jonathan Taylor, but if I had a vote, Tom is always going to be there. I mean, it just, it just is what it is. TV 12 is always there. If I had a vote, it'd probably be Brady Rogers, Burrow, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a quarterback. Agreed. Group, so yeah, I don't know how you get away from that. Uh, Giggity says, if you want fields to succeed, Nagy has to go. Yeah. Agreed. No, no kidding. No kidding. I agree with that hundred percent. Taysom freaking Hill is six and two, even with everyone being injured. Jeremy Bolton says, well, no, I'm not getting into don't, it. Don't we don't have time. Uh, where's Herbert on top, uh, on your QB list, Monty. I'd hit that. <laughs> I'd as, hit as, that. As I Fast. said, as I said yesterday, I would like to be Justin Herbert's, uh, you know, cocky. I'd hit that. I love that dude. <laughs> I love that dude. 
I think he's the best young quarterback in the NFL. Outside Joe Burrow. Uh, <clears> shut <throat> your mouth. <clears throat> shut your mouth, <clears throat> sir. Excuse me. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, Joe Burrow's good. <clears throat> uh, you know. Yeah. You know. Uh, eBay, the sofa surface says, tell me if that's not odd. By the way, I bought stock in 97 and again a month ago. Wait, what? What? what uh, okay, what did I miss, eBay? Bro, what did you miss, dude? I don't know, eBay. Your first comment's probably not there. But what is it? Okay. Uh, all right, all good, right let's, uh, real quick before we get out of here today, let's talk about uh, BlackBerry. Yeah, it's dead. Today's the day. BlackBerry is dead. It's done forever. Yep. And as somebody, I used to endorse BlackBerry. Um, so every time a new BlackBerry came out, we used to get free Blackberries. Mm-hmm. And I love that phone. It is the most secure phone ever. Giggity wants to know who's in the hot tub first, Devin Booker or Justin Herbert? <laughs> well, there's room for all three of us. There is no question. <laughs> Hello? Um, what, is the, uh, wh- what is the best cell phone you've ever owned? Uh, this guy right here. This guy right here. The iPhone 13 Pro Max. iPhone 13 Pro Max. Easily the best phone I've ever owned. Uh, the before in that time, the BlackBerry Pro was good. Um, what was the? Now I gotta pull up the BlackBerry model. Now we gotta pull up the BlackBerry. See, now I gotta remember the name of the phone that I had, the big one, <clears throat> the one that had the. <coughs> Dude, are you God dying, bro? bro? Are you dying? Yes, Dude, I am what dying. The hell? I am dying. Good lord. Um, there have been a bunch of Blackberries though. The BlackBerry. That's called the BlackBerry Classic. The one we all know and love. Yeah, the BlackBerry 6710 has to be there. Yes. Like, and, and so here's the thing. So BlackBerry, I think, the really revo- the revolutionized. Oh, the the curve was fire. Curve. The curve was fire. The BlackBerry curve. Yes. Yeah. So like BlackBerry revolutionized the game when they had the keyboard on the phone. You know? Like oh, the that bold. One. Oh, the bold. The BlackBerry bold, That's baby. the one. That's the one. Are you kidding me? Now, what was your – so what was your favorite part about the BlackBerry? Was it the security or was it like the – because I thought when – The keywordy keyboard. The keywordy keyboard, right? I mean, that has to be like the best – because they, re- they revolutionized that. They were the ones who like rolled that out. The whole thing. The whole – the BlackBerry was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, ju- I loved that phone. Mm-hmm. I think the best cell phone I've ever owned is the T-Mobile um, – oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Oh, the sidekick. I, <laughs> dude, I am old. The, I have Bro. recall memory is a problem. The T-Mobile sidekick was amazing. Okay. If you never owned a T-Mobile sidekick, you, you're you missing out. Because the T-Mobile sidekick. Why did you like it? What was? Because it was, uh, it was a, it was a single device. Right. Like, and you would flip up would and flip the screen would pop up. Oh, okay. And it had a full keyboard <laughs> under it. Okay. And, it was just awesome, like the sound effects on it, like the messaging, like the whole thing. I mean, it was sex. The whole thing was it was amazing. So would that be in the hot tub too? No, because I don't want videography and stuff. They texted. Yeah, no. Um, but the T-Mobile Sidekick was amazing. Mm-hmm. I I think the Time Port, the Motorola Time Port. Okay, that's is that now, before my time? Was not a cell phone, but it was a messaging device. Was okay. it nah, Was that before you, a cell phone? Yeah, I had released you into the world. Oh, you had released me you into know, the world. Thank um, you. Thank you. I think my favorite cell phone of all time is the T Mobile Sidekick. The best one I've ever owned is probably th- this iPhone. Yeah. 
the iPhone 13 Pro Max, huge schlong. Yeah. Like that, this phone, it, the camera alone. Right. The camera alone. I'm for real. Um, <laughs> Justin Saul says the BlackBerry Pearl was uh, one and only BlackBerry, and it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Chris Karn says currently have a Samsung Flip 3. I like it, but I change phones about every six months. That's my guy. Yeah. Nothing wrong with getting a new phone, man. How many of us are droiders in the chat? Droiders oh, versus stop, iPhoneers. Stop it. Don't, I don't want to judge people. I don't want to look down on people. I don't want to have to. Yeah, nobody uses a droid. Well, nobody. Chris Karn just said he did. Right, but he's different. He's a Bears fan. And so he I has can, a Traeger smoker. Yeah, so. and he has a Traeger smoker. Yeah. So we can look past that. Facts. Nobody uses a droid. Like, I mean, come on, you guys. Yeah, do people still buy Samsung phones? Is that still a thing? A, that what sounds is, familiar. What's a Samsung phone? That's a TV, I thought. Yeah, that's, you know. Yeah. I'm not a droid guy at all. No. I'm not. Justin Sal says iPhone for life. Mitch says, <laughs> I had a droid, broke it. I only went to iPhone because they were sold out of droids. <laughs> hey, man. What do we say about Mike Conley? Best ability? Is your availability, man. Let's go, baby. You know. Hey. Hey. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, hey, I'm a huge Cubs fan, huge. and I have a droid. <laughs> it does not surprise me that you're a droid guy. Because it's garbage. It, it really doesn't. Nokia 5110, big bulky. Back in the early 2000s, uh, some thug tried to snatch my purse, uh, but I had my 5110 in my other hand and smashed the thief's hand until wow. he let it go. Wow. I You're like for it. real. I like it, Eric Devera. Why okay. are you carrying a purse, Eric Devera? Um, what? Okay, he says, um, Jeremy says, plus Jaron Hall and his mom are awesome. <laughs> okay. I mean, that could be. There, there's no comparison to Zach Wilson and his mom. Don't forget about Jacob Conover, and his mom. Mm -hmm. Um, the point is nobody uses a droid. No, nobody. No. Well, I mean they probably do, but it's fine. Um, I, I will also in the, you know, framework of this conversation, we're way too reliant on our cell phones. Yeah. I'm really trying to stay off my phone more, because I'm, j I just realize I'm on it so much. Mm -hmm. I am. Jeremy, you're creepy now. Jeremy Bolt says, mmm, moms. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Pack your shit. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Relax. Relax. <laughs> He's probably alone in his car, which is fine. Oof. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, good. Good. All right. Well, the, the vacation's over now. Yeah, damn it. We are back to work this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Like, are you excited to be back? Like, we spent quite a bit of time yesterday not snowboarding because we got up to canyons at 11, mm -hmm. and all the parking lots were full. Yeah. All the way in, all the way down you, with PCMR over to Canyons Village, full. Full. Not good. Not, not like, what are you supposed to do? Not get COVID. I guess. Yeah. Dude, bro, we're not doing COVID today. A million people a day are getting coronavirus in this country. <laughs> Thankfully, Omicron's no big deal, it seems like. It's no big deal. Get, get, it's, if you're vaccinated, Omicron is is not should not put you in the hospital. No. Anyway. Yeah. So we're back to work today. Back to the elpatory. Was it a good? This is probably the best holiday season we've had as far as time off unplugged goes. Yeah. I mean, what? Four of the last six weeks of the year we were off. Yeah. Booked my airfare dude. back to Hawaii for, for this fall. Did you really? Yeah. Last night. Nice. Last night. By the way. By the way. Real quick. Do we talk about Amex real quick here? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I don't even remember the name of this Amex card I got. Delta Sky Miles Reserve. 
Okay, yes. Delta Sky Miles Reserve. Yeah. So I get this credit card, right? Because we're booking... When you live in Salt Lake City, how do I put this nicely? The airport in Salt Lake City was just remodeled, and it sucks. Yeah. Out loud. It sucks out loud. So in the comments, what what credit card company do you prefer? I prefer Amex. So I am an Amex Platinum card holder. Yes, I'm a baller. Basically, what that means is I don't have a credit limit. I'm a fucking unit. I, yeah, I am. I can go out and I can buy anything I want, right? For real conceivably yeah i don't have any credit card debt i don't carry balance whatever Uh but i had a delta sky miles amex as well and so we we have you know we fly to hawaii for thanksgiving we come back and we walk 17 miles through the salt lake city (laughs) airport yeah because if you're on anything but delta you have a massive massive walk so we said okay well we're gonna fly delta so I get this Amex card. We're ready to go back to Hawaii in the fall. And they're like, hey, upgrade for your Delta card. And it's got like all these benefits. You get all these miles. You get into their clubs for free, all this stuff. I upgrade and I know when I upgrade it, it's $550 a year to have this card. It is not cheap. And so they give me a $2,000 credit limit because I had a Sky Miles card that I never used. Uh-huh. I've never had a charge on it. It had a $2,000 credit limit. And so I'm like, wait, you're not going to give me more credit? And they're like, well, you are, because I have, an, um, I don't want to say how much credit I have with Amex. I have an unbelievable amount of available credit with uh-huh. Amex. Yeah. Um, and they're like, well, you're not using the credit that's available to you. I'm like, well, I'm not going to pay $550 for this car to have a $2,000 limit. So basically what happened was I called. It was Sunday. They were closed. Yeah. I call back yesterday. I get with their, hey, you're super highfalutin Amex cardholder guy. Right. I've been with them for 12 years. I get this special department. They went and raised my limit way up on this new Sky Miles card. Uh-huh. So I bought airfare to Maui for the fall. Uh-huh. But it just makes me wonder, like, the credit card game is crooked as hell. Yeah. And if you don't use the benefits that you get with cards, it I don't know that it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, it's not worth it if you have that yearly fee, but a lot of cards are going no fee. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Justin Sal says, I'm a Chase guy, Chase Sapphire Reserve. Ooh. I have a Chase card, too. I have United Airlines card with Chase. I have every airline card, essentially. I have American. We get I have United. And I, and I have Delta. We get it. Yeah. So, you know. I'm a Delta guy. Does Frontier Airlines have a card? Maybe I should apply <laughs> for that. Um, but anyway, my point is, Amex is a great place to be. Yeah, they're a little stingy with their credit limits, though. They don't like to give out credit. You got you to spend money with them. Apparently I do because I have a crazy amount of credit. Yeah, well, yeah, but you're also not the usual person. I, me, it, Amex and City. I mean, I, I, I can buy, I could buy a house on a credit card mm-hmm. if that was legal. It's mm-hmm. not. Um, I, like I have a crazy, a scary amount of credit available. Mm. It is, it's terrifying to look at it. Why? I don't know. It just weirds me out. It, it weirds me out. Oh, they do. Justin Sal says Frontier has a card and I have it. 
Nice. I did not know that. Well, there you go. But there you go. By the way, when are you ready to go back to Europe? Because a lot of people are talking about, you know, that once well, it's this, not going to be this year. Once this wave is over of Omicron, that there's a real good chance that coronavirus dies off pretty good. Well, man, I'd love that. That would be great. <laughs> Why do you say you won't go back to Europe this year? Well, because we already have trips planned. Well, that's true. Yeah, we already have this year basically scheduled out. I would agree with that. Uh, you know, I'm ready to. I'm ready to travel. I'm ready to get on with life. Uh, what this two weeks off before we go, because I know we're way late. But the what this two weeks off has done mm -hmm. is it's made me realize that I need to take more time off because I I feel so well rested mm -hmm. and I'm sure working for myself is stressful as hell. Yeah, I'm ready to work for myself. I'm ready to set my own hours. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says we still need to have a Monty on the Mountain boarding get together with the listeners whenever yeah, you want. Yeah, I mean we're trying, dude. Whenever you want. When is Jake's wedding scheduled this year? Giggity wants to know. Bro, giggity, chill, dude, chill. Come on now. Well, you're Come wifed now. up now, right? I'm not wifed. No, I'm not. Have you guys said the L O V E no, word yet? No, we have not. You have not said no. the L O V E yeah. word yet. One, marry one, kill one. Go. I mean, okay. no, I, I, we have not said wow. that yet. We haven't. Uh, Justin Herbert, Devin Booker, or Taysom Hill. Um, I okay. Could you see yourself marrying this girl? Stop it! Stop! We're not it's doing that soon. We're it's, not doing that. I'm not. I'm not doing that yet. No. Could you see her being a parent? I'm not doing that either. No. Have you guys talked about kids? Uh, yes. You have. Yeah, but that's that's like a prerequisite in the in the you know, in the in the process. That answer. I love will change. you. Honey. I love you too. Honey. No, I love you more. Honey. I love you. I Go love hugs. you. Oh, Jake, I love you. Ah. Okay. She's going to be like, Jake, I love you. And you're going to be like, oh, hey, cool. Thanks. Pack your shit. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. That's not oh. what it's like. That's not what it's like. That's funny. I know your games. Jake, I love you. I know your games. Let's spend the rest of our life procreating together. They texted. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's great. Uh, thank you. Can we get a little Tanner voice in just for the listeners? And then you leave and you send her that text. Look, this isn't going to work out for me. Uh, you know. Okay. So that's how it's going to be. Okay. Why is it like, what is it with the weird? I this. Are the Russians back? Yes. The Russians are back. Yes. Good Lord. You just gave a gift to the Damn Russians. It. Eric DeVera says, Common Jake, don't tell me your wedding will be through text too. Oh, you get married over text? No. Should I smoke some meat for the big day, Jake? <laughs> Chris Karn wants to know. Well, have you used a smoker yet? We haven't even gotten a smoker update, Chris. I mean, you know, like, have you even used it? Have you put it together? Will you marry me? Yes. No, maybe. <laughs> Jeremy Bolton says. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> Write her a note with the boxes on it. Will you marry me? Hmm. Box? Yes. No. Fuck off. Those, no. those are the three. Yeah, exactly. Hey, baby, um, I love you. And you've reached into my chest and grabbed my heart. And yeah. I want to spend the rest of my life fawning at your toes. What's an erection? Will you marry me? Uh, No. <laughs> what do you do if you propose and she says no? Do you break up with her? Then you messed up somewhere. Do you break up with a girl who says no? I don't no? know, dude. I have no idea. Okay. Okay. Uh, meat will be smoked on that big day, Giggity says. Thank you. Thank you, Giggity. And it won't be on a smoker. Thank you. Yeah, I Good. see what he did there. 
The box will be hot, but it won't be on a smoker. Right, right. That's too right, much. We right, we got to go. Gotta go. go. Yeah. Well, hey, good, uh, good seeing you all here today. Appreciate it. Good, uh, good talk. Uh, good back talk. tomorrow. Good times. Thanks for coming. Uh, get your meat smoked. And uh, until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.